0: Hello and welcome to Cigar Cast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Crown Cigars and Ales here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, the Smoke Master General, Mr. Trey Edmond. I'm joined as I am every week by Mr. Shane Reeves. You know, I don't know if I
1: give you enough credit in life, but I do appreciate that you kind of primed me last week for this week's cigar. Yeah. That uh, really, it's kind of given me time to reflect upon it and enjoy it and. Look forward to the time, to this particular cigar. So, good job. <laughs> I, re- I rarely stop as, to say as, good job. So, as, good
0: job. As opposed to just like walking in here and saying, "No, oh, by the way, I've got our cigars," or yeah. is it because you know what the story behind the cigar is?
1: Well, I've looked for so. This, okay, I'm not going to steal your thunder.
0: Well, we can. I'm
1: going to, to yield the microphone to your stage, and then we'll explain the rest after that.
0: Well, yeah. So, uh, well, I can go so far as to say because I, I kind of want to get the exposition out of the way first. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can say it's a box. I got a box of itzas, and that's what that's what I call them when you're trying to. Um, when you're trying to not give away which type of a box you got. Everybody knows, you know, one of the most common things that you'll find in any humidor is the generic box of It's a Boys and It's a Girls. Well, we haven't expressly said it on the show yet to this point, but my wife and I are expecting at the end of this year. And so when we found out the gender of the baby recently, um, I found out a few days before my wife and was responsible for relaying the news to her and my daughter, As a part of a birthday celebration. So I relayed the information to only one other person, because you got to have a pressure release valve, right? Oh,
1: sure. You can't keep that.
0: Yeah. And so it just happens that this person also owns a cigar shop, and so they gifted me with a box of Itzis to commemorate the occasion. So I have brought along two. So to this point, Shane does not know. Well, Shane thinks he knows.
1: Oh, I'm, I'm... So, Okay. So now that the opening is there Yeah It's a boy I'm not I'll be shocked And very little in life shocks me It's true I'll be shocked if it's not a boy And this is why I have another friend Who's a very close friend Who's having a Him and his wife are having a baby also this year I think she's due October 9th Yeah And it's a girl And he is He's young and still young, dumb, and full of some other kind of bodily fluid, and also, <laughs> and also a product of this region.
0: Um, well, not just a product. He, he's old-fashioned. Yeah. He's got some old-fashioned viewpoints. Yeah, and
1: he's not dumb. I shouldn't say dumb. He's just he's young and inexperienced. Right, and so I think it, everyone
0: knows the word "dumb" in that context yeah. is not
1: meant. Yeah, not meant a lacking of intelligence. Right. So in his inexperience, he has often compared his masculinity to that of Trey. And when he compares it, he assumes his masculinity is far superior. And in his life, it takes a man to make a boy child. So karma's not going to miss the chance to give him a good solid kick in the balls by him having
0: a girl and you having a boy. I think it's (laughs) so hilarious to think that the gender of my child is predicated on the fragility of your friend's masculinity. It
1: is. It is. <laughs> and all, and that, of uh, that's all a the law? things in the world, that... <laughs> but if I'm right, I look like a genius. Yeah, this, hate... is, this is like when you flip the coin and you call it edge, and it lands on edge. You're a genius for one day.
0: <laughs> there are times when I really fucking hate you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and of course, once again, I'll. Um, okay, we're gonna have a moment silence. Everyone, please repeat after me. Shane's a genius.
0: It's I, a boy. <laughs> I was, I was so, so, I I didn't care that you got it right. I was so disheartened by the logic that made it correct. I just, like, on what planet? I mean, to, to be perfectly honest, what, like, that logic does check out. It makes total sense. Like, that's just, you know, we get, we get, Thrown things in our life that challenge our worldview and think, and that's part of how we grow as people. And I'm all for that. But just to, to hear the exposition, yeah, because you immediately it's going to be a boy, and you said that before I even knew. And uh, and I was just, and and then when you explained why, I was like, that is the most like frivolous possible explanation. <laughs> but then you ended up being right, and I'm just so <laughs> pissed off for that. <laughs> So this is so there are several brands that make it's a boys and it's a girls. Uh, this particular one is from Alec Bradley, and I probably should watch this. I'm lighting this cigar triumphantly. <laughs> <laughs> Those eyebrows are going up like Groucho Marx over there. <laughs> um, let me. Um, I've got to say, I, from the from the It's a Series that I've seen in the past, they at least put a little bit of effort into their label. Did you notice how? I did. Uh, That surprised me. I did. It's, you know, It's a
1: Boy, Blue, Alec Bradley label, and I'm um, not bad.
0: Got a little Nicaraguan to it. I've, I've had one already. Um, they are, sorry about that, um, they are Connecticut rapper, um it doesn't say anything about I guess because people aren't really buying this for the for the tasting notes and the flavor profile, I guess. but um, no, it's a it's a medium. It, it gets a little bit stronger as you get towards the middle and and then in. Um, yeah, surprisingly good for what is the original gimmick cigar?
1: Well, you know, I have a 18 year old it's a girl swisher sweet at my house and all that was given to me by a friend when he when his daughter was born and i think i want to say she turns 18 this year or next year i'm not keeping track or anything like that but um it's been sitting in my humidor for a fairly long time he had had it for many years before he handed it off to me
0: so it's one of those moments where you say thank you for the gesture i'm going to smoke my own
1: well, I think he just wanted me to have it. Just to, You know, I was a good friend in his life and meant a lot to him. And I think this was just, he said, oh, Shane likes cigars. I'll give him this cigar that has some great significance in my life. And all, which is a great deal. But it is, it is nice to both be right and the cigar not be bad. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and all, but congratulations. Thank you. And all, um, I had an uncle... Name of Ultha Ultha? Ultha O-L-T-H-A Just remember that That's a good That's a good strong Um a Good strong southern name there Ultha And uh Wouldn't be nobody else In his class Named Oltha. No definitely not And Oltha Deadman? Nobody is gonna I mean that That sounds like That sounds like a philosopher Oh no That, that yeah. sounds like a hitman. man Ulta Deadman. In need for speed six, you're Ulta Deadman. You're driving this. <laughs> just saying. Good, strong name. I'm having a good name for naming babies. I'll tell you the other story afterwards, but All I don't right. want to hurt somebody's feelings, so I'm not going to tell that one on there. <laughs> and also,
0: are, are these Nicaraguan? Or are these Dominican? Do we know? I have no idea. We just know Alec Bradley makes them. Yep. Do uh, do. Yeah, it... I got all I know is Connecticut rapper.
1: Probably not a lot of cigar nerding out going on no, over
0: the it's a it's a franchise. Yeah, that's exactly what I was saying. Like I think you very rarely are gonna buy this for the you know for the okay. recipe. How hard would it be to have a
1: cigar that either burned with blue smoke or pink smoke?
0: Would you wanna smoke that cigar?
1: Um, no, but I would like to watch you have to smoke it. <laughs>
0: You gotta find me another fly rod before I do that. I'm
1: just, I'm just, I'm just saying. I would like to. I would like to because I hate the gender reveal party. Mm-hmm. The gender reveal party is the, the most, height of
0: narcissism. Yes,
1: um, it's kind of like when we started inviting dudes to baby showers. I'm not right. down with dudes to baby showers either, and all. So if I'm gonna be at one of those, I would like to have the have that when they take the first draw off the cigar and blow out either blue or pink smoke. Right. That would be worthwhile
0: to me. But I'm sure the technology's out there. Oh, I'm sure, because it's there are different things you can... You know, those campfire things where you throw them in the campfire to change the flames into different colors and stuff like that. But do you really want to put magnesium in a cigar you're about to smoke? No, but in one you're about to Like I said, you make the father smoke it.
1: <laughs> and being as I'm never getting into that business under any condition, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable saying that. And I, I actually... Enough of my friends are now planning moves and planning changes of addresses. I'm going to go ahead and have my sir- assistant recirculate that when I turn 35, I quit helping people move. Right. And uh, I feel I feel like I need to have that recirculated amongst my friends and family. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but anyway, all right. You'll cover the first story. Yeah. Let's. I, I I've looked at four different websites, including Alec Bradley's website. Nobody has any information on anything other than the fact that it's a Connecticut and it doesn't even look like a Connecticut but that's what they tell me it's not bad so this is from Spectrum News 1 out of Columbus I'm going to say that looks like Ohio it's not Columbus, Georgia anyway Um, so cyclists combine unlikely hobbies smoking cigars and riding bicycles I can get behind this I am all, all about this. So Chad Abraham is the founder of Smoking Cyclists. The group meets every Saturday to go on a bike ride and then smoke cigars. Some weeks there may be a half dozen riders, otherwise, other weeks almost two dozen. It's really based off people who appreciate cycling and getting together and also have an affinity for cigars. They are, they are two hobbies that really do play well together. We've got a couple of cyclists, including myself, in this shop. Uh, in fact, two Saturdays ago, I actually um, rode my bike from my house to a local cigar shop, had a cigar, and then rode it home. Okay, so there's a couple of things going on here.
1: Um, one, they're not smoking the cigars while on the bicycles. Because uh, that's, that's the first thing that it pops into everybody's mind, is that they're, they look kind of like a locomotive. they got a cigar hanging out of their mouth, trucking through on the bicycle. So, they're they're taking a bicycle ride, and then they're smoking cigars. Okay, what is a... Okay, first and foremost, what is a group of cyclists called? A peloton. A peloton of cyclists. Mm -hmm. How many in a peloton? Uh, Any? What's the minimum number for a peloton? At what point are you no longer a duo, a trio, you're now a peloton? I'd say about six.
0: Okay, so you can't half dozen you're now a peloton well so peloton comes from cycle racing and so you the the largest group on the course is always the peloton and then you have several but if you're so if you're a group out riding on a saturday and you've got i'd say six yeah i'd say you're you're safe to call yourself a peloton at that point okay because you know he's talking about some weeks
1: we have six some we may have up to two dozen okay well that's that's that <laughs> you know um, it, it, I just, I expected a bigger crowd, I guess, to, to rank a newspaper article. And i of course, they're probably, everybody listening saying, well, I expected a bigger crowd for Shane to mention it on the podcast, <laughs> but Hey, Trey likes cycling everyone. And he gets, it gets on me every time I call it biking. So I I'm, I'm trying hard to call it cycling, <laughs> but I do like the spirit of it. Let's all get together. We'll go have a bicycle ride. We'll stop somewhere, smoke a cigar.
0: I can get behind it, you know. And it's one of those things that um, it's it's really because we don't inhale cigar smoke. It doesn't limit your your lung capacity like smoking cigarettes does. And so, you know, one of my favorite things to do when I finish a triathlon is to go out to my car and grab a cigar and walk around the finishing area smoking while wearing my finisher's medal around my neck. Because the looks you get are just phenomenal.
1: Well, yeah, because some poor
0: dude, you know, I was thinking about this this week.
1: You know, you watch the Olympics and there's some poor person in the back of the pack that up till this moment, has been the best in the world for everybody they've met. And now they're in the Olympics and they're rowing their rear end off, and they're still six canoe lengths back. And all, so I was thinking about this. So yes, you sitting there at the finish line saying, "I have been done for so long that I've collected my medal and lit my cigar." Yes, you're demoralizing the poor guy that's just trying to get <laughs> in shape. No, he's, I, uh, he's, tra- he's trying to beat diabetes. He knows he's going to die if he don't get some weight off. And here you are, propped
0: up, smoking a cigar, wearing a medal, saying, "Boy, you sure are a loser." Well, to be <laughs> fair, to be fair to that point, because I'm actually fairly cognizant of that type of behavior. Because one of the things that I really hate is when you finish a race and because I usually finish middle of the pack. That's kind of my that's where I'm at. I'm, I'm never going to be the guy up there winning races or very rarely anyway. And so uh, oftentimes the first, you know, the early finishers will start running the course back. you know, as a cool down or because they're training for a larger race. you get to stab them. Oh yeah. And it drives me absolutely bleed nuts. Yeah. Like just, if you're going to do that, go out, go out the other way so that you're not rubbing it in everybody else's faces that you've already, you know, cooled down, changed clothes, and now you're heading back. So, so because of the fact that I always finish middle of the pack, by time I've cooled down, eaten a snack, gotten my medal, checked on my time, Change clothes, gone Like, there's usually enough time that that most, almost everyone is off the course by the time I do that.
1: Except for the poor little demoralized guy peddling his $99 Huffy from Walmart. (laughs) (laughs) And all, just trying, bless his soul, he's trying as hard as he can. (laughs) Right. And all, but, but, you know, okay, yeah, the guys that run back, there's a few things in life that you should be allowed to stab somebody for? You know, famously, my brother tells the story of he got his stick of Kerry's Irish gold butter, and he carefully laid the label next to his stick of butter and scored it at two teaspoons Mm -hmm. so that every time he pulled out his stick of butter, he'd open it, and he would cut exactly two teaspoons. Well, his wife takes the stick of butter out and cuts perpendicular to the two-tablespoon line and screws up all the measurements for the entire stick of butter. I think he should get to stab her. <laughs> but only with a butter knife. I, th- I, th- I mean, he, he
0: looked at it, and he looked at her, and he said, are you a monster? <laughs> How did you do this to me? So it, it's, it's funny because so I have a peculiarity um, you as it applies to food as well. <laughs> In my house, we don't eat just a whole lot of ice cream. And it, it compounded by the fact that I exclusively like chocolate ice cream. There's a handful of others, but I really like chocolate ice cream primarily. My wife hates chocolate ice cream. And so, uh, usually we get our own pints and just eat straight out of the pint. Sure. You know, there's no need to grab a bowl when you've got your own individual serving anyway. And so, the way I eat ice cream is I skim layers off the top we're talking about like a Haagen-Dazs pint, right? Mm -hmm. And I, so I keep it level and flush the whole way down. And I keep it going. And it's funny because occasionally I'll get a flavor that's not chocolate. And my wife, and, and she's, Kind enough to me that whenever she eats out of my ice cream, she always makes sure she leaves it exactly the way I like it. My sister my brother in law, on the other hand, is the same way I am. He likes to eat it down very level, and my sister just like just chaotic evil, just big old scoop hunk out the middle, just to pile the feathers.
1: Well, you know, what it's interesting you mentioned pots of ice cream. So about three weeks ago my wife gets a pint of ice cream and she says hey let's just share this pint of ice cream let's just split this pint of ice cream okay so there is only one way in which to split a pint of ice cream without the use of a scale and various assorted measuring capacities i took the pi- the whole pint unopened turned it upside down took a knife and cut box ice cream and all right down the middle And gave her half of it and me half of it. Then it was a completely fair and equitable distribution. And she accused me that that was just wrong. That that was the worst possible way to do that. Okay, in a device that tapers down as you go, how else do you get an even split? Right. Because whoever gets the first top scoops is naturally getting more ice cream than the person digging
0: the bottom of the barrel. Only if you go to literal halfway... But if you stop a little short of halfway,
1: okay. But that, but that's a lot more.
0: It's There's mu- a lot more uh, calculus involved to do it that way yes. versus your way. Yeah, it's I much say easier. Put d- it on the cutting board. Get a sword. <laughs> 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 that's
1: right. <laughs> and cut it right down the middle. That to me is just the, the most common sense way to do this. But anyway, okay, we're way off the rails, now. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. right, say. Junior, or is it say Junior or say Jr. Fiftieth. I'm assuming I think in this case it's Jr. I'm assuming because of the context of the article, it's Jr. But we're always everybody's going to end up calling it the say Junior. Fiftieth clear, Fiftieth Collector's Edition is being released to celebrate the fiftieth anniversary of Jr. Cigar. It'll be offered in a six and a quarter by forty-six. I'm so sick of that size of cigar. Really? I'm so sick of the long, thick, the Super Lancero. Everybody has been putting one of those out, and it's just not my favorite size
0: of cigar. No, it's not mine either. And I also think it's funny, too, because they show a picture of it, and it's... They took it from the the worst possible angle, because you can't actually see the, the size because of the the depth per, or the the perspective on it.
1: So, anyway, this is going to be an exclusive release to JR. Sargaard. Is the podcast interrupting your texting life? This is
0: work, and it's, like, red-handed. I'm staying focused. I'm <laughs> listening. Okay. But, but I'm getting messages from my boss about something incredibly important. So well, we can uh, pause the podcast. Well, no, we're almost we're... to the middle of the show, and I won't, I won't get us back into recording the second half of the show until I'm convinced that this is going to settle down. But in the moment, I have to respond to this, but I'm still engaged. I'm listening. Well, Okay. We're talking about the Elwha I know okay. where we're at. I'm just keeping track of you. Okay. And so here's my question.
1: Uh, this could be interesting to see what you text your boss. And the JR Cigar Elwha
0: I'm having to be very careful to make sure I don't do that.
1: <laughs> Shane is a alley. Um So the Elwha what do you think about a company like JR that the majority of their sales are online sales? As Foundation cigar, is this a good move
0: or is this kind of a smack in the face to their brick and mortar retailers? I don't, I don't know, because I mean, it, I would have to, I would have to look at the, you know, if this were McAuliffe, it'd be a different story. You know, because they made such a stink about how they're not actually doing any online sales. They're all just doing, you know, basically they're finding the retail stores and and passing those through them. So that would be a bit of a slap in the face. But if they're already selling cigars online, then I don't feel like this is that big uh, of a hurdle. And it's one of those things where I think... I think the, the logic is that if you're, putting, if you're putting any of your cigars in someone's hand through a channel that, that is maybe a little bit more accessible than just the people who can bring them into their retail stores, I think, I think that lifts your brand. I think the idea is that when people do get into brick-and-mortar stores, they'll recognize it and they'll still buy your, buy your brand from there. I don't know if I agree with that, but I think that's the logic. Well, a couple of things.
1: So Foundation Cigars... They have a limited following. And uh, I've never met anybody that likes everything Foundation Cigars makes. They usually have their favorites. They're usually, okay, I like the Charter Oak. I like the Tabernacle. I can take or leave the Elwood and say I like this. I, but I've never met, you know, you meet the the rabid Drew Estate fan fairly often. Right. And, uh, and I was actually talking to Kyle about this yesterday. The rabid Drew Estate fan, I believe, is a firm portion of the charismatic nature of Jonathan Drew. The fact that he has been touring cigar shops for so long, and he is such a charismatic personality, that's what creates that rabid fan base. But, so if Drew Estate came out, you know, okay, so on one side you got McAuliffe, that absolutely we support brick and mortars. On the other hand, you got Gurkha, that 86% of our sales go on online. Right. But in the middle is always where I'm interested. Right. Uh, The extreme one end or the other. If Drew Estate made an exclusive cigar for JR Cigars, do you think they would get crap for that? Do you think the Drew Estate fan would give them grief?
0: It depends. Uh, I I think it depends on quantity because I I think your Drew Estate fan base is rabid enough that if they've got... If rather than having to find a diplomat store... In you know the back country of Kansas, they can go online with their dial-up satellite internet and order a box from a place like JRCI. I I, I think that's. I don't think anybody's going to have. I mean, y- you'll have some purists that say no. It's all about brick and mortar, but I think the the majority of people won't care.
1: Probably right. This is probably. Um probably a non-issue. It's probably, okay, they're going to release the cigar ever how they want to. For the 80% of people in the middle, this probably doesn't matter. Right. But it's always an interesting train of thought. I have to explore these trains of thought completely. And also, very interesting. All right, so you said we're about to come up on the break time? Yeah, we're about there now. Well, let's just take a break. We've got a full second half of the show. I want to talk about dress codes in cigar shops, and we want
0: to talk about ridiculous laws. All right, we'll be back with that more after this.
1: back to the cigar cast this is one of your hosts shane sitting across from the man who stood across stood against an army all alone mr trey (laughs) deadman so okay the joke you're gonna have to explain yeah the joke really has nothing to do with that i was uh, i was at a loss for a bump joke so i started doing what i usually do and looking for song lyrics to turn into a bump joke right you know it's the cheap way to do it it's the easy way to do it but hey i've had a busy week yeah You you didn't go Jimmy Buffett
0: this week, which was interesting.
1: Yeah, I had to go. So I went Kid Rock. Ugh. And, okay, I dislike him as an artist. As a musician, I believe he has no no business. I
0: dislike him as a person as well.
1: As a shameless self-promoter... And as a man with no shame whatsoever, i got to have a little respect for him.
0: I mean, I, I guess, but I cannot fathom a world in which I possess the kind of personality that is so shameless that it just makes me cringe.
1: Well, so the main thing I hate about his music is he says his own name too much in his music. Right. It's like, okay, we can't have a song where I don't tell them who I am. Okay, well. Important people don't have to tell you how important they are, and right. people that, people that are not important do. Right. And I'll, but I, but I will I will admire the the bulletproof exterior with which he leads his life. It's true. There is nobody ever shames Kid Rock about anything. He just, you know, hey, yes, I stole the riff from Werewolves of London and sung about Sweet Home Alabama and made it a hit song. Yes, I did. <laughs>
0: And all. and that's, you know. Although he ripped off Warren Zevon for the for the baseline. Yeah, Werewolves of, yeah. yeah, of, of London. Yeah. Yeah, straight out of Werewolves of London. And he admits
1: it. He yeah. admits it freely. I'm sure he paid something to the estate of Warren right. Zevon to right. do that. But just the absolute, I, I do admire, because that's next level. You know, I'm my superpower is not having an emotional response to a lot of things.
0: It's so funny to me that you think that's a superpower.
1: <laughs> it's absolutely it's, it's Ser- absolutely serve, not. served me so well in my life. And all, and his is the total and complete lack of shame. I think that's just great. But anyway, okay, so let's talk about. this is from Rob Report, and really this article has very little to do with what I want to talk about with this article. and all, the 15 new pieces of summer men'swear to buy this week. Yeah, not an article that I would have expected from you. Well, there's something not about dressing nice, and I, and I do think those shorts are hideous. I know you do, but <laughs> I love them. I'm going to make a pair. There's a pair of shorts in here that are made of handkerchief material, and I can't imagine anything less appealing to wear.
0: Oh, Nick, <laughs> if, if I ever go golfing again, I'm making sure I have the this pair of shorts ready, and I'm going to wear those out on the golf course. Gucci silk
1: long sleeve sleeve shirt. Okay, so this is not stuff that your average cat is buying. Well, it
0: is Rob Report. Remember that. Right. Um, yeah, it's a $1,100 shirt that reminds me of that episode of Seinfeld. <laughs> I don't want to be a pirate. Yeah. Um, yeah, a $1,000 bathrobe from Isaiah. But I do want to talk about. Oh, that's cool.
1: How would you feel about a cigar shop dress code? I'd be all for it.
0: Can I wear that? No, that is like a bad bowling shirt. Oh, that thing is awesome! It's it's called the Saturdays color-blocked York Camp color shirt. It looks like someone took a uh, a Boy Scout uniform uniform shirt but then replaced one of the panels and the pockets and the sleeves with various multicolored panels. I love that.
1: If I ever wanted to get out of taking my nephews on a trip, I would show up wearing that shirt. Because mm. that's, that's kind of got pedophile written all
0: over it. No, that, <laughs> it looks like, it looks like you're one of those people that peaked in high school. And at the time, your job was at the Tasty Freeze, and you were the assistant manager, even though you didn't have a high school diploma, and you're holding on to that so bad that you still wear your old work shirt. (laughs) Oddly specific. (laughs) His name's Jim in my hometown. (laughs) But,
1: so, one of the things I love about golf, I love that when you go play golf, there is a standard of dress expected of you. Now, it's not... Extreme.
0: No, it's some not. Some places outrageous. it's more extreme than others.
1: Some places it's, it's more highly held than others. But I like that there is a a minimum standard. Hey, we don't want you out here in blue jeans in a tank top with a bandana tied around your head and one hanging out of your back pocket wearing Chuck Taylor's. We want you to. I look.
0: didn't know Bruce Springsteen was into <laughs> golf. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, oddly specific. <laughs> But, you know, and ladies, we don't want you out here in a a tube top and short shorts and all or wearing a bikini top or none of that stuff.
0: And all, we're here to play golf. I've played a lot of golf with a lot of people who would have no problem with that. See, I I would. There's a. I I agree. I agree.
1: Absolutely. Categories in my life. There's a time to wear a bikini when you're on the beach near the pool. That's a time to wear a bikini. When you're playing golf, keep your shirt on, woman. (laughs) And all. But. Um, the cigar lounge. Would it in, enrich the cigar lounge to have a dress code? Is there a certain class of cigar smoker that that would keep out of here and keep the riffraff out?
0: You know, it, it's funny because I, I'm curious. Would you would you go so far as to say that the golf uh, dress code would be the appropriate dress code for a cigar shop? Because we're both sitting here in T-shirts.
1: Yeah, what's, uh, what's ironic, ironically called business casual is kind of what I would think. And I would have no trouble if the rules were, hey, you need to wear collared shirt, khakish pants, you know, some sort of a nice pant. I'd have no trouble dressing like that to come in the cigar shop.
0: And I've I've been to places that do have a dress code of collared shirt or a jacket or something to that effect. Um, the Red Foam booth that has mm-hmm. become a chain is, is, is popular. That's part of their... Their whole thing, I, I, I agree. I don't want to be sitting next to the guy who just got finished doing a a, a run, and he's wearing athletic shorts that come up mid thigh and a tank top, and it's all sweat stained. And like, I don't want to sit next to that guy and enjoy a cigar. Yeah, but, but you know, shorts, flip flops, and a t shirt—I don't have a problem with that. I don't know.
1: I think it depends. I think I don't think there is anything wrong. With a cigar lounge saying, okay, we want to have a dress code. If it's like the red phone, book, hey, we're an, we're an upscale experience, we plan on doing it. But I also don't think there's anything wrong with a cigar lounge saying, no shirt, no shoes, no problem. And all, if there's a cigar lounge on the beach and all. But I do. I was just thinking about that. I was wondering what your take on that would be. Because there is times that I think a dress code would get rid of some of the riffraff around here.
0: Yeah, but I think, you know, I, I'm not... I'm not usually in favor of anything that's going to make something more exclusive to somebody from or exclude somebody from something. I had to catch myself last Friday because I was
1: real close to starting an argument that was going to end up with me dragging one of your least favorite people out of here and beating him senseless in the parking lot. <laughs> um, it, w- it was it was dead close and all, and he was fooling with the speaker, and I told him, "This isn't your clubhouse. Quit." quit being an idiot, and I went over there and turned the speaker off. Yeah. And he thought about it for a minute. Really? And he's, he's the kind of riffraff that I would like to have out of the cigar shop. I, in that case, I'm all for it. Uh. <laughs> but I didn't let the situation progress to that point. Right. But it, it was it, he's the kind of
0: person a dress code would keep out. I think, I think there's a time and a place for a cigar shop with a dress code. I don't think it's all of them. You know, it kind of goes to what we were talking about during the break. You know, I think... I think in an area where the people would appreciate it, a cigar shop with a dress code would succeed. In an area of town or in an area of the country where people don't appreciate that sort sure. of thing, it's not going to work. So I think it's you know it kind of goes back to that. It's your business. If you think that's the best way to run it, try it if it if it is the best way to run it you'll succeed if it's not you won't
1: and i'm not proposing that we legislate it in any way i just think it's an interesting
0: oh, no, mental no. exercise to have i wasn't suggesting you were working my side of the street
1: <laughs> so coming so from hudson valley 360 and all, this is i don't know where hudson valley is greenport is that maryland greenport um, i don't know anyway um Greenport Town Planning Board approved a cigar shop and deli. That's an odd combination. <laughs> <laughs> Under the condition that the cigar shop complies with public health laws, New York. Okay, so the big thing about this is it cannot display advertisements within 500 foot of a school in New York City.
0: In New York's oh. So, okay, no, so this was 500 feet in New York City and within 1,500 feet in the rest of the state. So this is not in New York City. So they've got, so it's an even wider radius. Are we not passing, you know, one of the smartest things the state of Tennessee did last year
1: was repeal the you can't sell alcohol on Sundays. Right. That was a stupid law mm-hmm. from antiquated times. It
0: was what's called a blue law.
1: Yes. And it, it was really silly, and it was good that they repealed that, and I don't know why anybody thought that was... If you wanted to have a drink on Sunday, if I wanted to have a bottle of whiskey on Sunday, it was not a deterrent that I needed to buy it Saturday before midnight. Right. <laughs> and all. I just... I don't understand the foolishness of those laws. But this brings us to our, our to our discussion, and okay... I'm officially acknowledging this is a hacky premise. Okay. Every radio show in the world has done this hacky premise, but I enjoy it. And sometimes I do them just for me, people. (laughs) And all. Of weird laws that have been put into place. You know, the first one I'm looking at is from MDJ Online. And it's the 24 weirdest laws in Illinois. Right. Which is oddly specific. And all those under 21 can drink legally, but they must be enrolled in a culinary program to do so?
0: That one I don't have a problem with. That makes, that makes sense.
1: Yeah, that kind of, I, you know, some of these they call weird and they, I can understand the reason for them.
0: Cause that's, and that's kind of what we were talking about with one that we'll get to. We may touch on it. We may not. I don't know. But, you know, because cooking with food and pairings, it's, it's essential to the training of the job. And I'm, I'm sure there's more to it than going out to a bar and showing your student ID at Lacordon Cordon Bleu. Sure, you know I'm sure it has to be in the facility. That's a real yeah, culinary school. You have a military ID, son? No, I have this. Oh, well, just as good. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm sure it has to be on campus. It has. It's a way for them to legally, you know, c- create their their curriculum.
1: Indicator. is So here's one of the things I want to do when we think about these. I want to think about the scenario in which it became necessary to create this law.
0: I I, I Ind- have seen a picture for this one.
1: Indicator. It's against the law to drive a car without a steering wheel. So I'm picturing. Somebody's steering wheel came off, and they took a pair of big channel locks and locked it around the nut on the steering column, and were
0: using that to to steer their car. That is exactly the photo I have seen. Someone with a big (laughs) pair of vice grips, the the locking vice grips. Yeah, channel locks. Yeah. Channel locks are different.
1: I've always called them... Channel
0: locks. Channel, anyway. channel locks are the plumbing one where it's got the multiple where you can make the jaws like this wide. Oh, yeah, or that. that's right. I always get those confused. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah but, vice grips. Yeah, it was. but I have I have seen a photo of someone driving down the road just like that. And this is one we were arguing about for a totally
1: separate reason before the show. Don't ever order a bottle of
0: water at a Bloomington bar and attempt to walk out of the place with it. So I understand the... the, the the spirit of where this law came from because we have a similar law here in tennessee which is that every um every business in nashville that sells alcohol will have a and has a patio will have a sign on that patio at some point that says no alcohol beyond this point because they're because it's because open container is illegal in the state and so you're confined to that so, this was probably a situation in which the way the law was written didn't specify alcoholic beverages and just said any beverage served in a bar has to stay on the property of the bar, and therefore you end up with uh, middle ground like this.
1: yeah, I can and so that one I can kind of see where that came from. Um, oh, I know you'll love this one It's a fine for boys in Mount Pulaski to throw snowballs, but against the law for girls to do. <laughs>
0: That goes. That goes back to the
1: whole. Uh, so, okay, how did that come into being? How? How? What scenario well, well, I, necessitated I, the creation of that law?
0: So, it's it's funny to say it's a fine for boys because you can't find somebody for not breaking the law. So it's it's still against the law for boys to do it. It's weird the way i I'd, I'd be interested to read this law and find out how specifically boys and girls are differentiated.
1: Yeah, so okay, if you if a cop comes
0: across I guarantee a, uh, you what happened is a bunch of hoodlums that were just out having a snowball fight one day saw a car driving by, maybe even a cop car, and just decided to throw one at the windshield. Okay.
1: See I'm 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 picturing a cop comes by, there's a bunch of boys out there having a snowball fight, throwing snowballs at one another, and he gets out his ticket book and stops and starts riding tickets. And then he goes down the road, and there's a bunch of girls having a snowball fight, and he calls the paddy wagon and starts hauling them all <laughs> off to jail like they're drunks at 2 a.m.
0: <laughs> that's who's <laughs> making the Girl Scout cookies. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that all, just a- it's all that free prison labor from the girls throwing snowballs. There's a
1: $1,000 fine for beating rats with baseball bats in Galesburg. Now, I've got a good good way this one was invented, but I want to hear yours first.
0: I like the one above that. In Galesburg, no bicyclist may practice fancy riding on any street. We don't want none of that
1: fancy riding around here, <laughs> son.
0: I'm going to go for a bike ride, but I'm going through Galesburg. I better take my pearls off. <laughs> so, if you're... so, okay, is a
1: unicycle fancy riding? I mean, are unicycles illegal in Galesburg?
0: <laughs> well, it specifically says bicyclist. Right. No bi- so if you're not a bicyclist, if you're on a unicycle, you're a unicyclist. And it's impossible to ride a unicycle in a
1: non-fancy manner.
0: It's true. There's, you kind no, of have no to have just, a certain amount of, of yeah. fluidity to your body language. There,
1: there's no just straight unicycle riding. You, nobody says, okay, I'm going to jump on my unicycle and do five miles today. Right. <laughs> and also, okay. And all, but there's a $1,000 fine for beating rats with baseball bats in Galesburg. And also, I, I know exactly how this one come up. So, picture, if you will, back in the dark days, let's say the the early, early 1800s. Let's say 1803. Okay. They have, because in the South, Ooh. I'll use the phrase. Was Illinois a state at that point? I don't know. Okay, I'm, I'm, it's not not germane to the story. I'm making up, it but it's a law. I'm making up history here, Trey. Let I me mean, just, just make I'm it. Just, it like, a, you're
0: talking about a law, so that would have had to have been based on okay, after okay. the state was formed. When well, we get off the show, look up what year
1: Illinois became a state, and then then you can you can I'll text my boss and ask him.
0: <laughs> you,
1: you can critique my 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 thought process there. But I, here's what I really think happened. There's a phrase in the South, and you've heard me use it called rat killing. I got to go do my rat killing. Right. My rat killing is errands that I just have to run. I just call it my rat killing. And that comes from my grandfather, who probably come from his grandfather, because rat killing was just a chore you did. Right. As most chores go, I'm going to say there was an annual Beating of the Rats festival in Galesburg. Right. And somebody came out and said, it is really, really inhumane for y'all to hold this festival where everybody runs around with baseball bats trying to beat rats for six days in Galesburg. And so they said, okay, we'll cancel the festival. And then people started kind of having impromptu festivals. They were still celebrating. The original flash mob. Yeah. The, yeah <laughs> the mob with bats beating rats. And also, and somebody was doing it on a bicycle and got a ticket for fancy riding. <laughs> And so that's where I think this law come from, is they were trying to kill the annual Gillsburg Rat Beating Festival. I, I think De-
0: December 3rd, 1818. 1818, 18, okay. So 1820. 18, okay. There you go. That, that's fun. <laughs> uh, I, I think it's funny because, you know, when I look at... L- any law like this, of course my my first thought is that someone was doing this and then accidentally swung a bat and hit their husband or their wife or a cop that was walking by. And, and rather than just arrest the person, they go, oh, no, we're going to dehumanize this in such a way that we're just going to say, oh, well, we've got to attack the root cause. If he hadn't been trying to kill that rat with a baseball bat, none of us would have been in this situation to begin with. So we'll just make that illegal as if that's going to stop the behavior.
1: Well, you know, it, it's funny where people draw the line. I, one of my favorite um, authors is P L Rod, and she writes vampire novels. And one of the greatest lines in one of her vampire novels is the lead character, Jack Fleming, is a vampire. And he's fighting mobsters, and he drags one off in the bushes to bite his neck to fuel up because he's been shot a couple of times. He says, mobsters are strange. They don't mind if you kill them, but get caught drinking one of their blood, and it's a big deal. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, in Chicago, it's forbidden to fish while sitting on a giraffe's neck.
0: I'm... Yeah, I would love to know who got drunk at the Chicago City Zoo and wandered into the giraffe pit with a fishing rod. <laughs> and, and,
1: hey, hey, you, get off the giraffe. I'm fishing. Well, there's no law against it. <laughs> All right, well, after you catch your limit, and they better be 13 inches
0: long, we're going. <laughs> my, My favorite is a little bit further down the list because this just, you know, we talk about how, you know, crazy some of these laws are, but you and I can usually kind of figure out, okay, I, I see where they were trying to go with this. Sure. So. But in Kenilworth, a rooster must be must step back 300 feet from any rev- residence if he wishes to crow. How do you pass laws against animal behavior? Well, I, I assume penalty by death and it becomes dinner? Well, how are they going to pay the fine?
1: And anybody that's ever heard a rooster crow, 300 feet. know the 300 feet
0: doesn't make a difference. Yeah, it
1: really does So undoubtedly, here's what was happening. Is every morning, your neighbor pisses you off, and you slip your rooster over there, and you set them on their windowsill and wait. Right. <laughs> and then when the neighbor comes out screaming, you say, hey, it's a rooster. How am I supposed to know? What am I supposed to do? So the, the, he goes to the city council, and he says, hey, I don't want this guy leaving his rooster on my windowsill. And they said, well, the only mechanism by which we can do that. Right. It is to actually
0: make the rooster criminally liable for his own behavior. Right. The restraining order hadn't worked. Right. So. Thought, In Kirkland, bees are not allowed to fly over the village or through any of the streets. I want to see the cop trying to catch
1: the bee. So another one of these articles... And I'll, from the list, from mentalfloss.com, which is a good, a great a good website. website, 19 weird laws you might have broken. Okay, I 100% agree
0: with law number one being on the books. I agree. And I, I think agree it should t- be enforced. Now, it, I have been guilty of this, but I agree that it should be a law. You should not be allowed to eat fried chicken with a knife and fork. Yeah. It, Even it, Emily Post said it is okay to eat fried chicken with your bare hands. Absolutely, you know,
1: I'm taken back to one of my uncles married a a much higher society lady than what we would standardly marry in these parts, and brought her back to Tennessee, and she, we had dinner at her house one night, and this was my father's father's brother's wife, and also great aunt, and all, and she was there eating with a knife and fork. Whereas my mother's brother, my Uncle Robert, he had that trick where he could put one end of the um, chicken bone in his mouth, a chicken leg, and just pull it through. And, and clean it out. <laughs> and clean it off. <laughs> and it was beautiful to see the look of horror on her face because it was equal to the look of horror on his face as, he, as she was using a
0: fork and knife to eat chicken. Uh, number three, wrestling a bear. So I like this one, and here's why. Because this just shows you how stupid legislators are, right? Because I guarantee you what happened in this. So the weirdest thing about some laws is that they never need to exist, like in Oklahoma, where people were wrestling bears at such an astonishing rate that the state had to step in and institute a fine and possible jail sentence for anyone caught grappling with a bear. I guarantee you the reason so many people were wrestling bears is because people were betting on it.
1: Oh, absolutely. I can understand that. Yeah. So
0: so they said, okay, well, we're going to outlaw bear wrestling, keep you degenerates from gambling on it, as if they're not just going to find wrestling with alligators or wrestling with bison or something else to bet on. (laughs) Number five I like.
1: Five and six. Spitting on the sidewalk and swearing at sports officials. Both should be illegal. I actually seen... A man fired from a barber shop by my barber for spitting on—because he wouldn't quit spitting on the
0: sidewalk when he would take his breaks. Spitting is disgusting. I'm I, I 100% in favor of that well,
1: one. And if you, mu- if you dip and you must spit, do it in a somewhat humane manner. Try to have a bottle or something.
0: And do it in one that's not see-through. Just for the love of all things holy— I have an iron stomach. It takes a lot to make me squeamish. But seeing someone's, you know, Dr. Pepper bottle with the label ripped off, just full of, it's making me gag just thinking about it. Oh, yeah. God, just don't. No. Make it something that you can't see through.
1: Okay. This is one that I need some clarification on. In 150 years later, the U.K. established handling
0: fish in suspicious circumstances <laughs> someone used a used a gun wrapped in a paper in, in like fish paper to commit a crime and so they're blaming and it's to say no I don't have a gun I've got a fish
1: well okay I'm, I'm thinking in, I'm thinking in a different direction I like your direction
0: and there is a lot of these that you it's can... like in try. Desperado where the gun in the guitar case... Yeah, in the guitar yeah. case. Yeah, there's a gun in the fish.
1: I can also take a look at, okay, so you got two guys and you give them each a salmon and they fight to the death.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> just slapping the fish.
1: <laughs> yeah, just using the the fish as a, a mace of some sort. <laughs> I can, I can kind of see that. And, all. I mean, and again, I'm, people were betting on it. Yeah. Okay. Again, here's one I'm 100% in favor of putting upholstered furniture on your porch. Yeah, I'm all for that. Uh, but now, with modern upholstered furniture, you know, we just ordered a new patio set for our back porch, and it's that that nice high-grade wicker stuff. But the cushions,
0: is, does that qualify as upholstery? Do the cushions qualify as upholstery? No, I, I don't know the exact definition, but I believe for it to be upholstered, the... The, the fabric would have to be permanently attached. And cover the entire settee, if you will. And uh, That's uh, not a word I thought you would know. <laughs> I, I, I will fully admit that I wouldn't have thought that that word was in your vocabulary. You, <laughs> you have surprised me, Shane.
1: Using a cafe's Wi-Fi from your car, I'm in.
0: Uh, uh, during business hours, I'm in. Okay, uh, I'll allow it. Because there have been times where I have pulled up here... To knock out some work before they open, and so I just park in the parking lot and wait for them to open, and then I come inside. And
1: but you have full intention of coming in and buying a cigar. Yeah. You wouldn't just sit in the parking lot and smoke a, an Elwood Winsay you ordered off of JR Cigars and use and bum his Wi-Fi. Exactly. And I'll and here's one that just makes sense. Keeping your medication in something other than its prescription bottle. Yeah. Just makes sense. Okay, we're running short of time, so we're, I want to hit just a couple of more... The most ridiculous law in every state. And I do I do like this one. And I'll um Alaska, a person cannot get drunk in a bar and remain on the premises. So once you're inebriated you must leave. So we're trying to get the drunks on the street. Yeah,
0: I wasn't drunk in public, I was drunk in a bar and they threw me into public and
1: all, a pinball machine can't give away more than 25 free games to a player that keeps winning in
0: Arkansas. It because, so it's funny about that because there was a fairly landmark um, uh, court case revolving around criminal law and pinball machines back in their, in their advent. Because it was considered to be a game of chance. Because they, remember, you used to get a prize if you got a certain score, like a gumball or something like that. And so it was considered gambling because it was thought to be a game of chance. And so the arcadists and the people who had these machines in their business to try and get people to, you know, um, lobbied to to say, no, it's not a game of chance. They hire this ringer who's the pinball wizard, basically, and they get him in to do a exhibition for a bunch of lawmakers and say, like, any of you step up, and they're like, what's a, you know, here's one that I guarantee you've never played before, you know, so there's no way you can learn the table or anything like that, and he's still, like, setting all the records on the thing, and it was was specifically discovered that pinball is a game of skill and therefore allowed to remain legal.
1: So... Here's what I want. I want the pinball wizard and the jukebox hero fighting to death of a <laughs> salmon under suspicious circumstances. <laughs> okay, last one. And I'll, I'm gonna, this is my last one. I'll let you pick a last one too. Colorado, you have to get a permit to modify the weather. So this one on the surface, I, I picture a cop, you know, that just had all the little girls hung, up, you know, sent off for snowball fighting, walking up to a rain dance ceremony. Hey, y'all got permits? Paddy wagon's full of little girls that were snowball fighting, but I'll put you in there. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and all. but actually this makes sense because in Colorado where they're trying to make ideal skiing conditions mm-hmm. there is a lucrative business
0: of modifying weather. So this almost makes sense. Yeah. My my favorite one and we'll end with this is from Georgia. Those engaged in llama related activities such as riding, training or goofing around at a county fair are responsible for any personal injuries they suffer. First of all, yes. We know exactly the type of activities that people were getting injured from participating with llamas. Well,
1: it's so soft and fluffy. Have you ever had a llama skin blanket?
0: how many, like, I have to imagine all of the insurance companies in Georgia, like, pulled all of their lobbying resources to the state legislature and said, We're paying out way too many llama claims. You have got to pass this law. We're all going to go bankrupt. (laughs) That's one of the things where you call your
1: legislator. I'm opposed to Bill 08817. What's that? That's the anti-Lama law.
0: <laughs> and how many llamas can there possibly be in Georgia? Um, enough that they needed to make a law. Apparently. You, you know there's one person who's probably still alive down in, like, Gainesville or somewhere going, Yep, that's me.
1: <laughs> okay, th- I I've, I've know that was the last one, but i got to touch this one just because I love the... I love the um, legalese of this. Cannibalism is strictly permitted and punishable by 14 years in prison in Idaho. Okay. But the, they used a picture. And oh, they have zombies. And they have to credit the walking dead for this. Right. So, okay. So if you are resurrected from the grave... You're, As an undead person You can't be undead in Idaho Right That's that's a, that's a great vampire novel You can't be undead <laughs> P.N.L. Rod That if was you're, a
0: Waylon Jennings song, wasn't
1: it? <laughs> P.N.L. Rod, if you're listening You can't be undead in Idaho <laughs> no, But anyway okay. I,
0: I, I also wa- wish I could have been a fly on the wall When they were determining the punishment for that 10 years in prison? Nah, it's too light. 15? Uh, let's not go that far <laughs> I mean, if you just
1: ate that, a finger Right <laughs> Finger foods, you know, we're getting a little gray area here. And, uh, the the hilarious thing to think about is all this did have to at some point be argued by a pro and the con exactly on the, on the Senate
0: floor. <laughs> I, I I just want to know like who was the person you know with the, with the llama Law, somebody and probably in good taste stood up and said, "Are we really wasting our time with this?" and they were able to be convinced otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> that's,
1: a, that's a great salesman. Okay, we could go on and on about this because it is a lot of fun, but we have kind of come to the end of the show. Rate the cigar. Um, the it's a boy. Okay, I'm going to give it two ratings. Okay. If we strip it down to the category of the It's a Cigars... It's a six, six and a half. It's not a bad for it. It's a cigar. It's higher quality than it needs to be. Exactly. If we're just rating it basically as a cigar, if it didn't have a label on it and you handed it to me, I'd probably give it a five,
0: five and a half. I, I'm at a five. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm, it, it's a good cigar. It would, and I don't know what they retail for, so I couldn't give it, I mean, it's Alec Bradley, so probably more than it should, but. So I don't know, like price, you know, price per enjoyment, but it it will hold its own against a bunch of the cigars that are in that humidor over there.
1: Oh, the the house blend made here it'll hold its own against. I Very didn't well. say that. <laughs> but I, I give a lot of a lot
0: of <laughs> grief to the house blend around here. That's fine. So in uh, so anyway, get a hold of us: uh, facebookcom thecigarcast, Instagram and Twitter at the Cigar and info at thecigarcast.com. Well, thank you for everybody
1: for listening this week. Until next week, have a great cigar and thank well of us.